Boy! Hello, boy! Welcome! Here he comes! There he is! Here comes the boy! Welcome! There he goes! Here he comes! There he is! Good morning, Sweet World! And welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, October 20th. I'm J.E. Skeets alongside me. As always, there he is, Tass Mellis. Happy NBA season, everybody. Hey, Tass, we got my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo! Hey, yo! yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the Max Lee Ellis. Friends. (laughs) And last but not least, making the magic happen, it's J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Where the hell are you, J.D.? You in Nashville? Uh, yeah, I'm in Nashville uh, at my little getaway, my, oh, nice. my second uh, my second studio, you know, living large, uh, enjoying the fireplace here. Ooh, Ooh it's a little warming up. In the a. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Make sure you take a second to subscribe and like and comment and share the show. Your boys here are trying to get to 50,000 subs by Halloween. That's in... 11 days. Uh, so we got some work to do. I think we're about 7K away. We're nearing 43,000 last I checked. So. Trey said Come on. October is full of magic. Now that would be magical if oh, we got there to 50. 50K by Halloween. You're right. It <laughs> we would can be do truly, it. We can do truly it. really special. All right. We can do it. I believe in us. Uh, on today's show, we got so much to talk about. Obviously, the season has started. We'll get to the games, but we also have the latest in the Ben Simmons drama. <laughs> wow. Things popped off. <laughs> get him out of here! We recorded yesterday's show. Uh, we'll get into Marvin Bagley's agent calling out the Kings. That was something that happened before the games actually started yesterday. And last night, we also had the first 25 members of the NBA's 75th anniversary team announced. I've got some problems, some issues with how they're doing this, but we'll get to that later in the show. We start with a little game recap task. You can get us going here. The Bucks begin their title defense with the 127-104 victory over the Brooklyn Nets. I know we'll talk about the rings a little bit later, but for the game, you know, pretty dominant performance there from Milwaukee, I thought. Fantastic stuff from the Bucks to come out like that. Uh, the Nets... They've got a major Yanis Tetacumpo problem. Now, you might say, of course, everybody does. 29 teams have a Yanis problem. But it's not just Yanis being able to score. It's being able to get his second shot opportunities. It's almost mm-hmm. Shaq-like. The, the Nets don't really have a body to stop him. They tried with Blake Griffin. Yanis just plowing through him. They tried with James Johnson, the MMA fighter. Wasn't able to body Yanis. That's the reason why they brought him in. But Yanis just pushed him under the, under the rim. It's the ability for Yanis and the rest of the Bucks to get on the boards against the Brooklyn Nets. They just don't have the size to deal with the Bucks. The Bucks shot 20 more times. How do you win when you do that? Now, I think, I think the Brooklyn Nets, if they play anybody else other than Yanis, they probably win. It's just uh, that this one issue with this one team, and that's the reason why they won the title. The Bucks repeated what they did against the Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals. They got more shots than the Suns because not only are they able to grab offensive rebounds, but they don't lose defensive rebounds. They secure every defensive board. So they took 20 more shots, a little of that turnovers, mostly rebounds. And I think part of it is the Nets' continuity from last year. They're bottom five in terms of returning minutes, which is kind of surprising when you think about it. Their big mm-hmm. three is back. Uh, they've got, you know, Blake is back, LaMarcus Aldridge is back. But a lot of the guys who played a lot of minutes aren't. And they're bottom five, according to NBA.com and John Schumann. 
Got to mention where I got that stat. Don't want John Schumann mad at me after day one of the NBA season. <laughs> so, so a lot of returning parts, and, and Nick Claxton uh, is one of them. He was on the roster last year, but he didn't play. He was uh, a starter yesterday. He started one game last year. And although he is a talented center, taking the spot of DeAndre Jordan, LaMarcus Aldridge, he's thin, and he just wasn't getting after it on the boards. So they got pushed around, frankly, is what happened. The Nets have to figure out their rotations, their bigs. I don't know if LaMarcus Aldridge starts. I know he looks slow, Mm -hmm. uh, but he's a bigger body. And if you're going to try and just go around LaMarcus Aldridge, I think that may take away from what Giannis does. So uh, I'm not so worried about the Nets. I think they got pushed around. And and even... um, at the beginning of the game, I did predict the Nets were going to win this game. I thought it was coming true because Yanis looked bad. He was clunking shots uh, for, uh, for a few star, a few shots. He hadn't won a title before, hadn't gone through a ring ceremony. I think that was part of it, some nerves. Then he calmed down, and they slammed uh, the Brooklyn Nets. And they looked like the, the team that had played together for a long time. Jordan Wara, who? Everybody hitting shots for the Milwaukee Bucks yesterday. Yeah, it was a... Big night for guys named Jordan mm. <laughs> with uh, Nora there and then Poole later on in the Warriors game. But yeah, Giannis with, uh, I thought, a pretty pretty easy-looking 32-14-7 lead, but I want a good five minutes on Yanni at the free-throw line. He's got the new routine, the one dribble, he sped it up, and he shot 7-9 at the line. Uh, so have at it, free-throw master. Practice your free throws, kids. Uh, I mean, that's really, really what it comes down to. But I think Giannis, what he did in game six of the finals last season has probably really given him that championship swagger and confidence to go, hey, I can hit free throws in the regular season and opening night. I mean, I've done it in the biggest pressure of my uh, career and I've knocked them down. So on, mon- uh, on opening night in front of my fans, yeah, this is easy. And I think, you know, Tass kind of hit on it there, really. Like the Nets, as long as Kevin Durant's out there, they're, they're a chance to beat anybody. But they've got the same problem they had last year. They just don't have a big who can stop Giannis but what do you do do you get a big they had DeAndre Jordan that just obviously didn't work out he's no longer on the team there so do you have a center or do you have sort of like a, a, an oversized forward or someone because Giannis is just so versatile and what I really liked about him last night was his decision making a couple mm-hmm. of times when he like when they would go down and there would be an extra body coming at him he would fire it out to someone and they would most of the time knock down the shot Pat Connaughton hit four threes last night Holiday before he went out hit a couple Chris Middleton only hit one felt like he hit a few more Grayson Allen hit three. So the Bucks' offense to me is just so uh, intimidating for everybody else because Giannis just walks into the paint whenever he wants. If he's hitting these free throws, you can't foul him. He hit one three himself there last night, but everyone else is kind of like a threat if uh, if they play the way they did last night. So that's really got to be a concern for everybody else in the Eastern Conference. Uh, very important, I think, uh, the fact that you know they got off to a good start. We knew the Nets were going to make a run thanks to Patty Mills coming off the bench, just absolutely lighting them up. But then again, you saw a team that wins a championship, and I think you can just tell they were like, hey, we're better than these guys. We can go out there and really assert our dominance, and that's what they did. So uh, a super impressive first-up performance. And for the Nets, who knows? Of course, they're missing one of their players who could come back and give their offense a bit of a pop because uh, what Patty did last night was great, but I don't think they can rely on him, on him hitting seven threes every single night. Uh, but they just you don't think he's su- not he's not going to miss a three all season long. <laughs> uh, That's a bold oh, look, prediction. he might, he might. <laughs> but um, you know, the, the Nets for me, they, they've got to look at this. If I'm Sean Marks and go, we've got a problem in the middle here. We need to address mm-hmm. that because Lamarcus didn't look good. Paul, Paul Millsap gave them nothing, and Blake. You know, yeah, he's physical, but he simply isn't as athletic as he used to be. Uh, But this is not just the Nets problem. This is basically everyone in the league problem. How do you slow down Giannis? Yeah. Trey, what would you think of this uh, Milwaukee team to get their rings here? I thought they played with great tempo, and they just 
they did appear loose. They did have that sort of championship swagger to them, uh, starting with their leader in Giannis, and I think it trickled down to everybody else on the roster. 100%. Giannis said afterwards that he's happy, and he's not just happy that he's happy. He's happy that everybody else is happy. <laughs> oh, wow. There's a lot of happy going around in Milwaukee, and you could 100% tell, like you're saying, Skeets, they just look like a team that had just won a championship and is playing loose and free right now, they have the continuity that the Nets don't have. The Nets look like they're still in preseason. Like y'all have said, they're going to have to figure out all of their rotations. Give me some more Bruce Brown. He will For help sure. in the future. Yeah. Surely Blake Griffin will be better than he was last night, but it was more so that the Bucks had more physicality. They had more intensity, and they had more chemistry. They look like a team that's been playing together for four seasons. I mean, I know Drew Holiday wasn't out there for a long time. Jordan Nwora was a big, random piece of the game last night. But this is a core that's been together playing the same style for a few seasons now. And you can see why teams that win the championship just continue to improve. Because they know what they're doing works. They know how to do what they want to do. And... The margins just get bigger and bigger for a team like that. Like Pat Connaughton, the four threes was awesome. He was also making plays off the dribble, yeah. which was really impressive. Driving down the lane and throwing down dunks. So it looks like his game has grown a little bit. It looks like Nuora's game has grown a little bit. The Bucks are still going to be adding players. They look like a team that said, hey, everybody thinks the Nets are the favorites here. We're the reigning champions, and we brought basically everybody back. They proved their point last night. Super impressive yeah. from Milwaukee. And they have that to go on, too. Everybody is disrespecting them, myself included. Yeah. The, the talk out there is Nets, Lakers, or the field. There's so many polls out there, not including the Bucks, in the championship selection. Isn't that mm. a little nuts? So they have that disrespect going for them. They do. I think they can look at that, and uh, they, can, they can use that as fuel, and they can be happy. And sticking with that happy comment that, that Yanni's had, as Trey said, he's happy about everything. I'm happy watching the League Pass broadcast. There was a nice, happy moment where he hugged Jim Paschke, the play-by-play -play commentator, forever for the Milwaukee Bucks. He retired this year, but he came back for the ring ceremony, and he had a sweet, sweet hug. And then uh, the in-game, the in-arena the in promos by the Milwaukee Bucks are so good. That's why the League Pass feed, especially if the team is good at those in-arena promos, you got to watch it, man. It's so much better than the commercials. I'm just plugging that on day one here. I saw a great hug from Yanis and Jim Paschke. Then I saw a great promo. Jim Paschke was reading rap lyrics in front of like JD's background, essentially. It wasn't that. It was more like a library. Jim Paschke reading rap lyrics. It was funny. They had a lot of uh, face morphs with guys commenting on it. Like they have, they've got good promos. Way better than commercials. Just plugging mm -hmm. that right now. Not an ad. But it was a good time. <laughs> Definitely not an ad when you're saying this was better than commercials. Though. The opposite of an ad. Uh, I just thought it was a really impressive win because they went up huge, right? They went on the 20, 21 to 4, I think it was, run in the first quarter. They're up 31 12. You said it, Lee. You watched a million games. You know the Nets are coming back. Mm -hmm. And Patty Mills did catch fire and, and couldn't miss. But even though the Nets got back in the game, Bucks push it back to 19 in the second quarter. You know, they're up, what, seven at halftime? You're like, okay, this is still a game. You know, the Nets haven't played all that well. But the lead never dropped below seven the rest of the way. And that was with uh, the addition of Drew Holiday leaving this one with, uh, I guess, what they're calling uh, right heel contusion. That that's, that's tough to do in the NBA, especially against a good team. Yeah, they're missing Kyrie, but a good team in the Nets with KD and Harden. Just to sort of like, you know, a little stiff arm there. Like Derrick Henry-like. Mm -hmm. Just keeping them at bay... 
Uh, that's tough to do in this league. I don't care what game it is, game one or game 82. It usually gets a little closer than that, but that's uh, that was awesome uh, from the Bucks. I thought. Yes, Anything it was. He's still trying to figure out what you meant by Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Derrick Henry, Lee? Uh, no, I'm guessing he's oh, a footballer. Okay. I would have said Derrick Kickett, former Aussie Rules football player. Oh. He was very good at that. Oh, he was up um, next. Uh, but, uh, but no, the thing is, again, like Kevin Durant can easily get that shot. You heard Iron Eagle on the broadcast say, basically, you know, James Harden played okay. It wasn't his best game there. But uh, other than Patty, they didn't really have anyone else who was actually consistently hitting those shots for them. But Kevin Durant just gets into the middle of the lane there. And he actually struggled to shoot his free throws last night. He missed a couple, which is yeah. very rare for him. Maybe it's the Wilson ball, even though it's the same leather. It's just basically Wilson instead of Spalding, it says on there. Anyway, the point is, uh, you know, Kevin Durant, he, he knows that uh, there's the, the same sort of problem that the Nets have with Giannis. No one can really stop Kevin Durant. No one can even really challenge him. But it almost seemed like the workload for him last night was just a little bit too much because he wasn't really able to sort of get any flow going because if he wasn't scoring or Paddy wasn't scoring, they just didn't have all that much else. But a good sign for a team like Milwaukee is to be able to, you know, withstand that surge that came and then really yeah. uh, accelerate again. And that, that to me... Uh, stands out and I think those things are, are really important the continuity there with the Bucks, because apart from Drew Holiday as Trey said there you know Milton has been there for a while and Budenholzer now in his fourth season he's also not playing for his or coaching for his contract or his uh, his career right now he knows there's a little bit more freedom there and a yeah. little bit more flexibility and I think he just felt that with the way the Bucks played the ball did move around and uh, and they got it felt like they got so many open shots everybody contributed and a guy who they brought back George Hill I don't think he was fantastic at all in the playoffs, but I think uh, as, a, as a, a veteran coming off the bench, another steady ball handler, and he can also hit the three. So the Bucks look pretty deep uh, right now. They've still got some players to come back too. Yeah, DiVincenzo, Bobby Portis, both of these yeah. guys don't play in this game, and those guys are uh, you know part of the rotation for sure. They're getting minutes when they come back to Milwaukee. Yeah, they got a lot of a lot of uh, relief pitchers, I guess, uh, <laughs> to uh, Man, you know, give you another baseball. sports analogy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They can eat up some innings, and we talked about this with uh, with Giannis, like his chances of MVP and whether the narrative is there and all that, and is he being overlooked, Tass? Um, but it was mentioned like. When he is out there, he goes full tilt. Like, he plays his ass off. Uh, we saw it there with the the huge block on Claxton, like, early in this game. Uh, you know, game one of the season. Just denying him. Obviously, fills up the box score. But, but, he only plays, what, 31 minutes in this? And I think that's just going to continue to happen, especially in the regular season. Like, that's the perfect case for Budenholzer in the box. It's like, build these leads enough have a deep enough team that we just don't have to like rely on, of course, Giannis to play like heavy, heavy minutes in the regular season. And when I, again, I mean, he might play a bunch of regular season games, but they'll sort of like just, you can, you're almost like resting him in a little bit in a way by not having to go 40 minutes with this guy, uh, you know, every second night. And that, that adds up, I think at some point when you get to the playoffs. Oh, also he's 26 years old, which I think we also forget. Like he just feels like an older player. He's been around forever. He's gone through so many sort of losses, like devastating losses in the playoffs. He's just entering his prime, and it's scary that, yeah, there were a couple of clankers there, um, but he's got confidence in the jump shot, and he looks better at the line, getting rid of all those dumb dribbles, and everybody counting to 15. I know they're at home, so that's going to happen there, <laughs> but that's just smarter. I remember you talked about that, Lee. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Do your whole little fake routine first, but when you get the ball... Boom and shoot it. Just yeah. like stop overthinking on it because he took forever last and, year. But. And, and look, he's a two-time MVP, defensive player of the year. Yep. He just won a championship. And what did he do in the offseason? Worked harder at his game. He mm -hmm. knows that that like people are disrespecting him and the team. You know, shortened season. Oh, you got lucky in the playoffs. Okay, well, I'm going to go out this year 
and show that we are the best team and I am the best player. And I think that's what, what I admire and respect about him the most. People are always going to try to pick apart his game and say, you know, he can't shoot. James Harden said he's only, you know, he's only good because he's tall and athletic. Okay, well, if he'd start developing that shot and hitting those free throws, he, he is virtually a lock for the MVP because, again, I think the Bucks will win those 60-odd <laughs> games. But I'm not going to take Trey Young off the board until I've at least seen him in action. Trey Young, play? Okay. <laughs> Trey Young, so I'm not going to give up until at least a month into the season. Then we'll get a bit of an idea. Okay. But uh, yeah, Giannis, I, I think that's the true sign of a legit star is do you get complacent? Do, you know, Pat Riley talks about it, the, uh, the uh, disease of more once you win a championship. Instead, your best player, your leader comes back and shows, hey, I've worked on my game. I've improved. That sets the tone for the rest of the team. Yeah. I thought it was disease of me. I thought it was I well. Think, it's the same sort of thing. It's yeah, same thing. Boy. Yeah, you, okay. you, you, I just thought it was because it yeah. rhymed better, but okay, uh, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like a song. Disease. But no, you're right. Yeah, Yanis right. never gets into that. He he never gets into the disease of me or the disease of more. He just <laughs> he sticks to the plan. He he missed his first three shots last night, and, I, and his effort obviously on the defensive end gets him going. He's mm-hmm. he's obviously a two way player. That's how they won the championship with the monstrous block on the alley oop attempt to DeAndre and. Even if he is clunking a, a couple on the offensive end, he gets his guys going because he never stops giving effort. So even if it's mm-hmm. 31 minutes, yeah, the guys, you have to ride his back. I think that's how Drew Holiday found you know his way in the postseason, just watching Yannis go. And, and yeah, he's obviously an incredible leader, and uh, they're going to win so many games because Yannis isn't going to take days off, games off, or minutes off when he's in there. Yeah. And, and I think James Harden is the same Kind of guy, not defensively, but in, the, in terms of that, he plays a lot of games. He plays a lot of minutes, and that's something which you know we probably don't think about with James Harden. But the guy's a workhorse, and, and uh, his touch with Nick Claxton as the the one to the five. You know, James Harden playing the, the one, trying to set up Nick Claxton, this this young guy who they're trying to push. Kyle Korver as a developmental coach, trying to work with him on the shot. Uh, their their touch was off um, a lot Uh, and it was bad and James Harden just couldn't find the pass to him and then when he found one in the fourth he looked up to this guy and said yes I can pass the basketball but I think that's something that's got to come slowly uh, if if Claxton's going to be that starting center yeah it's back to Nash trying to figure out Claxton Aldridge Blake Jeff Green is gone DeAndre Jordan gone Jared Allen was there at the beginning of the year there's, there's a lot of turnover there especially with the bigs they're looking and uh, they could sign somebody or could trade for somebody to try and get in Yanis's way again that's the, their number one focus is figuring out how to stop that dude yeah Trey said it it felt like an extension of preseason here with the uh, experimentation at least from the Nets when it came to the rotations like the no Bruce Brown is <laughs> It was odd. It was a little odd Definitely. in this game. I mean, like you know, you're you're getting killed out there. You know, he's a hustle guy. Yeah, he's undersized, but uh, why wouldn't you get some spot minutes? I was a little perplexed by that. So I assume we're going to see him here, Trey, in the next couple of games. Well, you would assume so. Um, but the Nets also brought in a lot of guys who play the same position as Bruce Brown. So maybe it's just yeah. the case of Steve Nash wants to see what a Paul Millsap can do. What. LaMarcus Aldridge can do after taking a little bit of time off. He looks slow. Paul Millsap, I had to check the box score. Yeah, I guess he did play last night. But Bruce Brown will be a part of this team eventually because it's going to make the most sense with Kevin Durant basically playing the five Mm -hmm. and Bruce Brown guarding the other big guy who's actually out there. That will be the eventual uh, formulation for this team, I would have to imagine, just because they're going to be offensively based and playing small ball is what they do best. That's why Jeff Green was so solid for him 
last year, but you also don't need to reveal all of your cards early in the season. This is game one. The Nets probably won't end up with the number one seed this year. They probably don't even care about it. They just want to get their guys healthy, especially considering the way things went down for them in the playoffs last year. Did a quick Google over here. Yeah, what is it? Apparently, Pat Riley's uh, <laughs> phrase is disease of more. Oh, and okay. How Riley? Oh. That has 9 million Google results. Pat Riley, disease of me, has 19 million yeah! Google <laughs> results. That That's a real Berenstein Bears yeah, situation cool. right here. Okay. Okay. Uh, classic. Classic stuff. <laughs> uh, before we get to the rings, because I want to show everybody here on YouTube, uh, if you didn't get a chance to catch these last night, uh, and all that they can do, we almost had a wedgie. Well, in fact, we did have mm. a wedgie. But it came well after the whistle task. I know a lot of people on Twitter were very excited. People on Instagram, we'd love to see it. Every time there's a wedgie, tweet at us. Hit us up on IG in the comments. Wherever you want to get at us on social media, at No Dunk Sink. But, 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 everybody was just a little too excited, Tass. You know, I think, uh, was it Nuara had maybe stepped out of bounds, whistles called, then he attacks, and then it gets, like, blocked in there. It was a nice one, but... We're not counting wedgies that are well after the whistle. I just want to make that clear. Yeah. I would have loved a Wara widget. Widget. A Wara wedgie. They just called it a Wara widget. Uh, I would have loved a wedgie from a new player. I can assure you Jordan Wara has never had a wedgie. That would have been amazing. Jordan mm-hmm. Wara with the Wilson Jet to start the season. Uh, yeah, that was, it was way after the whistle. It can't just be thrown in there. No, no, no. It no. can't be. Ac- we have it, some rules that it, we usually break. but Yeah, there's that continuation rule that is very yeah. ambiguous. Who knows? But yeah, we play by that rule. If, if it's guy driving, hacked, throws it up, yeah. and it's a wedgie, sure. Count it. Count yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, Eagle didn't even mention it. Nah. So that's why I felt really confident. Nah. Like, of course, nah. uh, he heard the whistle. He's out of bounds. This play is well dead. But hey, maybe a good sign of things to come. You know, we at least we at least see one Lee on opening night, even if we didn't. A Wilson yeah. wedgie, yeah, a Wara Wilson wedgie. Say that three times fast. Throw a widget in there if you want to. Okay, let's uh, show everybody these rings because they are wild. Here they are for everybody joining us on YouTube. Bucks championship rings, three hundred and sixty diamonds on the top to represent the Bucks total wins under current ownership. What? <laughs> I thought that was really weird. It's a bit of a stretch. All of the wins under this ownership. Let's get a diamond for each one. Uh, and then I guess we have 16 emerald-shaped diamonds on each side that are symbolizing their 16 playoff wins last season and their 16 division <laughs> titles in franchise history. Oh, my God. Uh, but, 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 that, you know, normal-looking NBA championship ring, I would say, for the most part. I think it looks beautiful there. Um, it's what it can do, Tass. That's a little wild wow. here. You can take wow. off the top... <laughs> And and I would recommend you don't try and take off the top when you're holding a mic and you're on live television. <laughs> like Stephanie Reddy, who just straight up dropped the top part because she had so many things in her hands. She uh, played it off well, top. though. She rolled. She, well, yeah, she she didn't mention that she dropped it. I guess that is playing it off cool. Uh, you can turn it into a necklace there. That's that top part. And then there's a bunch of stuff in the inside of it, Tass, and there's a QR code, and it's pretty <laughs> wild. What, what do you think? Are you a fan of these? Yeah, it's the Gen Z ring. It's not just a ring. It's a necklace. So it creates a whole new piece of jewelry. I would say, I'm not young anymore. I'm, I'm a, on the top end of a millennial. But I think Gen Z's like necklaces or pendants, whatever you call it, more than rings, right? Yeah. They want to throw it on a chain. You got to chain. <laughs> My only issue is, okay, so it creates a new piece of jewelry. You pop it off. You got to have a necklace ready to go. It doesn't come with a necklace if I'm 
mistake. <laughs> Yo, I think do it we comes know that for chain? Sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. I don't know, but I love it because of that. I think it it increases. Uh, you know, your conversation with somebody, first of all, look what it does. Second of all, can you put this on me? It increases the touching, it increases your companionship with somebody. And third, I think it it lengthens the chat because you said there's a QR code in there. Everybody wants to be on their phone, so you scan it. QR codes are so hot right now, and it shows a video of the Bucks championship run as soon as you scan right. it. So right. it just creates, a, a it's, it's, it's far more than a ring. It's a a far more important piece of jewelry. <laughs> it's a conversation starter and and an extender. You know, it's not yeah. just it's not just a hey, here's my ring. It's uh, it's way more than that. And no one gives a crap about rings anymore. Is what I'm feeling from this. Mm, uh, people people care more about necklaces. Am I right? They uh, want to show off some bling bling on the necklace rather than now. Who's gonna lose it is the issue because it's yeah. I saw a Network uh, tweeting that like who's gonna be the first Bucks player to lose the uh, bottom part of the ring, Lily? You got any guesses? Because that's that is one issue there. I I love the concept of turning it into the necklace. I think that's really cool into the pendant, but. Where are you putting that bottom part with the QR code? <laughs> I think Robin Lopez is going to steal it off Brooke and then just pretend he didn't and just say, you lost oh. it, you lost it. So it doesn't really count. Whoever did design that is a big James Bond fan, clearly, because that looks like Q saying to James Bond, like, okay, it's a ring, but then you can do all this funky stuff with it. It's yeah. not actually a ring. It can you know, blow up a building or something like that it turns into a car you can drive off you can fly around you can do all that stuff because uh you know james bond's had a pen where you can activate it by just like doing the like that so uh i think it's the same thing in fact uh the latest bond movie what's it no time to die i think that's out now as well so uh good timing here maybe not an ad not an ad uh what do you think trey i mean i know you like to wear uh a necklace. I guess you wear <laughs> necklaces your wedding and rings, ring, but you like your necklaces more than rings. I think Tass is right. So, what do you think of this idea? Well, I'll tell you, a necklace breaks a lot easier than a ring, despite what Stephanie Reddy might have you believe. I broke my necklace recently. Still haven't got it fixed, but my ring is feeling fine. Ooh. I'm a little disappointed they covered up Cream City on the bottom <laughs> part of the ring there. All it says is Eam City. Come on, I thought y'all were proud of your. Uh, cool tiles there, but oh, uh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean oh, these are yeah, yeah. in literally incredible. Like that's a full size wrap pendant that you're getting, but it's also a championship ring. I will say I'm a little worried about the QR codes. Gonna have to pay for those hosting fees until the end of time because I mean, you know these rings are gonna last. Yeah. Are you gonna keep those highlights updated on the same website? Now you got to. Mm. Is that why they blurred out the QR code here for these official yeah, photos guess, from the Bucks yeah. so we wouldn't use too much bandwidth on their website? <laughs> Everybody checking out the highlights. Uh, I do have a question, Tass. Do you know whether or not the QR code is um, specific for each player? Or is it just like a, you know, a Bucks championship run? That would be pretty damn amazing. Yeah, if you could show somebody, hey, you want you want to see my highlights? If yeah, specifically I won the ship and these are my highlights? Sure. Uh, I don't I don't know. I, I wasn't okay. Stephanie ready for this question. I think <laughs> I I think it's just a generic Bucks championship so. run. That's that, that's that's my, that's my thinking. Well. But but what they I was trying to find a copy of it last night on Twitter, you know, like a zoomed in version to see what they actually got. They're really keeping it under wraps oh, mm. man. and oh. under the top of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> but, what, but what they did here is they created something that people will wear. The biggest problem with the rings is nobody wants to wear them all the time. Oh, they're obnoxiously large. Yeah. It, but like people even are going to wear Even for a giant guy that's an NBA player, we've seen them on these guys uh, when we worked at NBA TV. 
even they, even Shaq admits, like, this is sort of ridiculous. Like, you can't really wear this all the time. No, and they don't, but they'll no. wear a pendant all the time. Hey, I saw Horace Grant in Cancun Airport wearing his, like, 1992 oh. championship oh, okay. ring. I'm just, I'm just going to throw it out there because Horace Grant stood out. I looked down, and the first thing I noticed is, like, wow, he's got his second championship ring on. I wonder why he's got that one on. Okay, but, but uh, is it fair to say in the 90s they, uh, there was a little more class to these rings? They were a little maybe a little more normal <laughs> size than they are now because they just got larger and larger. No, and larger. It, honestly, it looked huge still on his gigantic okay. hands okay. there. So, you know, this is only a few years ago. He's still in good shape too, Horace. Oh, great. You sure it wasn't yeah. Harvey? <laughs> I guess it wasn't if he's wearing a ring. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. that's why he wears it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they don't confuse him. No, yeah. I'm, I'm Horace. No, I think he had some Bulls gear on as well. So, all right, come on. <laughs> he really wanted you to know. He was rebounding the whole time. It was crazy. Uh, I will say um, every ring in the history of rings is a convertible to a necklace, though, by the way. Yeah, All you got to do is put the necklace put it, through it, and it yeah. becomes a ring. It doesn't sit maybe as nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's true. <laughs> all right. All Shout right. out my guy Frodo, though. What, what, do you, what do you got, Tass? What do you got? No, I no, no. You found I, something. Oh. No, yeah. I mean, I, I, I am showing, I'll show you me what? wearing, uh, this, this is me wearing Channing Fry's ring mm. a while back. If you're watching on YouTube, yeah, it's obviously like covers four of my it's like it's like yeah. a, a knuckle wrap That's it's big. way too big but a pendant that'd be nice all right next right. game here <laughs> that's enough on the rings uh curry and the warriors stun lebron and the lakers 121 114 uh in the nightcap second game of the uh, tnt doubleheader trey get us started what are the takeaways from this well, it's just one game, but the Warriors are going to the finals and Jordan Poole is going to win finals MVP. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> Great day for the hot takes last night. Fun game. Out West, Lakers looked like they were doing all right through three quarters, built a nice lead, got it to double digits, but then they gave up 38 points in the fourth quarter. And it wasn't just Steph Curry lighting up the Lakers. There was a big time run keyed by Jordan Poole and Nemanja Bialica there in the fourth quarter. Three minutes in, in the fourth quarter, Jordan Poole had assisted or scored on 12 points during a 15-5 run, and he just looked awesome. Like, he looked like he is living up to all of the hype that he had in the preseason. You know, Steph Curry post-game, he said he had a trash game, despite the fact that he had a 21-point triple-double. That's not good enough for him, but it was okay because he actually had somebody alongside him who could run the offense in Jordan Poole, who could get his own shots off the dribble, who could do some of stuff with the ball in his hands. And when he didn't have the ball in his hands, Nemanja Bielitsa looked great, looked like the second coming of David Lee out there attacking the gaps, moving the ball and making plays off the dribble as well, kind of serving a little bit in the Draymond role where, you know, it'd be a four on three. Maybe Curry was getting trapped by the Lakers. Somebody's got to make a play. It ended up being Nemanja Bialica or Jordan Poole. This was a great game for the Warriors depth-wise, uh, you know, because, like I said, Curry didn't shoot the ball incredibly well. He was still Curry out there drawing a ton of attention, but the Warriors got a lot of contributions from their role players, and when you compare it to what the Lakers did and how well their big two played and the middling contributions they got from their role players, you could see the difference last night. Warriors looked like they had figured some things out, and the Lakers looked like they'd got a long way to go. Yeah, Lee, rough game for Russell Westbrook. Nightmare start, if you want to call it that. Maybe one of his least effective games of his career. I don't even think that's a stretch to say. 8-5-4 and four was his box score. Four turnovers, four 13 shooting, and zero free throw attempts. Um, 
we thought this might take a while. Russ has done this before. We've seen it with Washington. We saw it with Houston. Slow starts, and then he turns it on like a month or two in. Is Do you see that happening here, or is this going to be different because Westbrook really has to figure out how to play with LeBron James, who has to have the ball all the time and should, and Westbrook is, of course, then off the ball. What did you think of this first game? Well, that lineup at the end there was Bazemore, Bradley, Westbrook, Davis, and LeBron, and it's like, okay, if LeBron is going to play the point, then you may as well take Westbrook out and just put Mello out there as a shooter because Westbrook is not a shooter. Other than that, give the ball to Westbrook and have LeBron as a shooter and have Westbrook try to create and go inside. I just thought their offense looked really stagnant. They got good games out of LeBron and Anthony Davis, both scoring more than 30 points. But that was it. They just didn't have anyone else who was able to really get any flow going. They've got the you know supposed shooters out there, Baysmore and Mello and those guys, as I mentioned. And in fact, Avery Bradley, who they picked up off the scrap heap just, be- just before the game, hit two threes late for them. So it, to me, it's like you can either say, okay, LeBron, you're going to just sort of do what you want to do and take over, or you're going to have to like spread the floor out and put the shooters around him. That's when he's at his most effective because then he can take on his defender one-on-one. But if those other guys are, are out there aren't really the three Threat, then it sort of just bogs down their offense a little bit. So I think Frank Vogel's got something to work out. But you, you mentioned there the Russell Westbrook thing. It has taken him time to adjust. And uh, that I, I think we have to give him at least that credit that he will take some time here. I mean, he's already trending on Twitter with Buddy Hill. The Kings are already trying to look at that deal to spread the floor a little bit more there. But uh, no, not a very convincing performance from the, uh, from the Lakers bench and their depth because... As good as LeBron is, and, and he can still put up those nights quite easily, I just don't think at this stage of his career you want him having to do all that. He hit some shots late, but he also felt to me a couple of times he came down and he was like, there's just not really anything moving. I didn't think Anthony Davis was even moving all that well last night despite the decent line that he put up. So Lakers have got some things to figure out here, but uh, they're an experienced team, a veteran team. They have got some time, but uh, certainly those early season concerns that, that I had uh, showed themselves there last night. So we'll see what happens from here. Because if you can have Steph Curry go 5 for 21, he did have that triple-double, but he certainly didn't dominate at all. No. And, uh, and, and you know, the Lakers were in control for most of this game. It was just that sort of fourth-quarter run where their offense fell apart. Tass, what do you think of this one? Well, it's telling that through three-plus quarters, Avery Bradley, the guy that they didn't have for entire training camp just comes in and plays in the fourth quarter because they were so desperate for a guy to play defense on the perimeter. Frank Vogel is a defensive-minded coach. That's where he comes from, from the Pacers. So he was desperate, and it's telling that uh, we saw LeBron James four minutes left. Uh, He throws up a three, and he's the only one to get back on defense. He gets hit with a two-on-one, a three buried in his eye, and he slams the ball to the floor because no one's playing defense around him. And, And that's the biggest worry to me. LeBron and AD go for 34 and 33. Yes, Russell Westbrook, he has to get acclimated to these guys, but he also just plays badly to start the season. Last year, he was bouncing the ball off his leg and out of bounds with the Washington Wizards to start the season, and he he gets better. Uh, But it's the defensive end where LeBron is going to demand some things. uh, That's going to be the issue. Uh, If KCP... Uh, ain't there and Alex Caruso isn't there then that's that's really th- what it comes down to it's it's they're going to figure it out on the on the offensive end I think they'll score enough but Frank Vogel's trying guys playing beside Russell Westbrook Malik Monk just doesn't know where to go defensively he was just lost out there and so Avery Bradley comes in as the savior as the guy yeah the uh, the Warriors just cut uh, to try and help out so that's the the biggest issue for the Lakers is a little bit of defensive mindedness. And uh, on the other side, 
maybe you can just relax and, and, and keep Clay out of the lineup if you got Jordan Poole playing this way and, and <laughs> Nemanja Bialica coming in playing this way and Andre Godala looking as young as he has in a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, so that's good for for the, the Golden State Warriors because, yeah, your, your MVP pick there, Skeets, for Jordan Poole, MIP, what, what was it? <laughs> no. It was looking good. Well... Well, no. I mean, <laughs> I wanted everybody to slow down on the preseason hype for Jordan, Jordan Poole because I said it was getting out of control where people were saying he should be in the MVP conversation, <laughs> let alone the MIP, which, hell, he might have a case at that. Uh, but then we did this weird little athletic TikTok video yesterday. You know, they reached out to us. Hey, can you guys do hot takes? I guess there's this TikTok challenge going around called, like, Pass the Phone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I checked it out. I'm not on TikTok, but I checked it out. And I'm like, oh. And from what I could tell, I thought I was supposed to come up with a really dumb out there hot take that then would be attached randomly to somebody else within this fun little thing the Athletic was doing. So mine that I sent in was uh, Jordan Poole is going to win finals MVP. Good pick. I, yeah, I, well, I'm looking <laughs> like a genius now. He nearly outscored Curry. You're right. But... It was attached to me. I forget who threw it to me. Zach Harper was like, I'm going to pass the phone to Jay Skeets, who thinks Jordan Poole's <laughs> going to win finals MVP. I was like, no, I don't. I wanted you to think that and look like the fool. But yeah, maybe after one game, maybe it's working out for me, Trey. Oh, I think it's looking great right now. At the very least, if you're talking about the MVP conversation after one night, it's Giannis number one. And I think it's got to be Jordan Poole number two. <laughs> Welcome to the table, buddy. <laughs> he had quite, he's got he, crazy confidence, man. I oh, give yeah. him that. He thinks he is Curry and Clay. And, I mean, yeah. he had some brutal misses. <laughs> Somebody like had a 12-footer, backed it out for three, airballed it. Had yeah. a pull-up from the right wing, probably 30 feet out, all glass. Didn't I, stop him from shooting, though. I That's swear to God, he do. had the uh, rare airball that like went over the rim. And like somehow dropped. I think it was, was not one good. Of those once. Yeah. yeah, but you know, then he hit four. Uh, Lily, what do you think of this? Yeah, game? well, I like I like Reggie Miller's call on that three because he hit a three just before that, and then he clunked that one on. He just went no, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but you know, he, he's got a little playmaking to him. Like he's he's got some similarities, of course, to a Clay, but he does a lot of different things too. I mean, you know, Clay's never uh, a concern off the dribble hey, by any means. He's an like, attacker. He's, he's, yeah, we should yeah. put a quick poll up. Who was the better Jordan last night? Yeah. Poole or uh, Nwora? Yeah. Um, I think Nwora was pretty good. Certainly wasn't DeAndre. Anyway, DeAndre won't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not great. No, yeah. Not great. Uh, why is DeAndre Jordan starting? We we all thought Anthony because Davis was going to be starting started, at center. I guess. Yeah. Because yeah. Kevon Looney was starting. I don't know. I'm, I, <laughs> Anthony Davis can't guard Kevon Looney? No, you yeah, know what, Tass? Here's, here's the, here's the friend, reason. man. I think that's what it is. Here's DeAndre the, Jordan is just, he's friendly. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you don't want to sit him on the bench. It's just like the Nets. It's these coaches in game one, especially, it's like, nah, play the old guys. Play the vets. They deserve it. They put in the years. Start them. See what happens. You know, that's why you're getting more. Millsap and Aldridge and Blake, then you're getting Bruce Brown, I think, with the Brooklyn Nets. And I think that's why DeAndre Jordan is sort of starting. He's 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 buddies with the guys there, and he's the <laughs> older guy, and he's got a ring from the Olympics and all that stuff. So uh, a ring. He's got you know, the, other, the other thing that's hot right now is that red flag emoji tweet. Yeah. Ah. You, you could just put that for DeAndre Jordan. Red flags everywhere because, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you no, but seriously, because the Nets, right, desperately need some sort of interior veteran presence. And DeAndre Jordan, they had him, and they're like, just get out of here. So there should have been those red flags there for right. the Lakers. That, that sometimes a guy, former defensive player, former all-star, former all-NBA uh, first team, 
But at, at points, you're just like, you know what? He's just done. And I think that's the case with DeAndre Jordan right now. He just doesn't seem to look like... He just doesn't seem to have any real energy out there. He's just kind of like, mm. I'm just out here because they've got no one else apart from Dwight. Well, it's different if you're signing him as a minimum player like the Lakers are than what the Nets did for 10 mil a year. The Nets desperately needed some financial room that sort of made sense. But if DeAndre Jordan is in the Lakers' locker room, like he's the third-string center, given high fives, like <laughs> like LeBron has always wanted in his career, you know, with the Cavs, he said, Kendrick Perkins, get in here. Not because you're playing, man, uh, but because you, we want you to be a Dante Jones. We want you to high-five everybody, you know, be that great locker room presence. But to get him starting after Anthony Davis said he was going to be the starting center, it's, yeah, maybe, maybe it's the start of the year to have the vets out there, but it just screams to me what every team has done with Anthony Davis. It's play a guy beside him at the five, keep him fresh for fourth quarter minutes, and that's fine. Um, but it's it's not it's not great. Uh, you know, Anthony Davis is just he's he's so good he can play both positions. I think it's just keeping him fresh. Uh, and you have Dwight Howard on the bench too. So mm-hmm. I don't know when Anthony Davis is going to start at center. I thought Dwight was in midseason form though. Oh, with his that ch- offensive foul that he got, he just whacked. I think it was Kevon. He just whacked him, and Dwight's just looking around like, "What? What? What? What's that?" I, I actually am loving Dwight form. leading into this sort of part of his career. He just oh. doesn't give a shit now. He just hacks guys left and right. I'll say yeah. I thought I moving thought screens both- were a problem when he played forty minutes a game, but now that he only plays like twenty five minutes, he's like. Who cares? Yeah. Just smack <laughs> yeah, like, I scored in both games. The refereeing was good last night. That there was a lot more contact allowed, and and that yeah. I think is really really important. But I just thought uh, Dwight like seems to not understand that you can't just swing your arms around. You just can't do that, Dwight, and, and clop a guy in the head. But uh, yeah, wow, <laughs> <He's> back. <laughs> um, I do have a question, Lee, uh, hmm. for you. I don't know if you saw the quotes from LeBron. He's not too worried about Westbrook's poor debut. He said, "Quote." He's so hard on himself. I told him, don't be so hard on yourself. It's one game. He sounded like Bob Duca there, LeBron <laughs> is. But he also said, I told him to go home and watch a comedy. <laughs> Lee, what comedy are you suggesting Westbrook uh, watch after that rough game one? What are you telling him to watch to cheer up? Mm. Uh, there's a classic, classic movie from the 80s. Yeah, that's right. Val, Kil- Val Kilmer stars in it called Top Secret. <laughs> And uh, it's by the same guys who did uh, Hot Shots and uh, oh, okay. The Naked Gun, I think yeah. it is. Uh, uh, the Zuckers, is it? I think, yeah. Anyway, absolute classic. Probably the first comedy where I was just like uh, on the ground rolling in laughter. It's hilarious. And uh, yeah, I think Russ would enjoy that. I think okay. I really it's think It's called he would. Top Secret? Top Secret, Val yeah. Kilmer. Check it out. Val wow. Kilmer's the star in it. It's probably his first like feature film. Uh, he plays this uh, American singer called Nick Rivers, and he goes to Russia to, pl- uh, to Germany to play uh, back in the old times. So it's, it's hilarious. Check it out. Um, but I will say, Russ did look pretty... Uh, Pretty intense there. He got the tee there last night, yep. and he, he didn't look like he was enjoying himself on the bench, and uh, understandably so. But, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a rough night for him there. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, 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 again, Anthony Davis, the numbers tell you that he had a good game. I didn't think he was all that impressive last night. I, I didn't think he really flexed his muscles as he should mm-hmm. have. So, uh, anyway. I thought he was awesome in the first half. Yeah, exactly. It looked like in the first right. half he was trying to get layups and dunks the entire time. And then the second half, uh, you know, the Warriors kind of made it a point to have AD not be as readily available in the paint. And 
he wasn't in the paint nearly yeah. as much. So, you know, shout out to the Warriors for taking that away. But that's also going to be a problem for the Lakers if they have uh, a center out there outside of Davis alongside Westbrook. There's going to be people just waiting in the lane and Davis needs to be in the lane. That's the secret to the to the Lakers. They get shots at the rim between LeBron and AD. They're going to have a chance as long as those two guys are out there, but they got to find a way to get easy buckets for them. I have one more note from this game. I don't know if you guys have anything else, but uh, Reggie Miller on the call for this second game, he said something that like made me perk up a little bit. And I was like, huh, really? It was when Melo and Rondo were checking in, and he said something along the lines of like, you know, how nice it must be for Vogel to have two future Hall of Famers checking in here. Mellow? Okay. Yeah, Locke. Put him in the Hall of Fame. You know what? He's top 10 already in scoring. That makes sense. I'm there. Is Rondo an automatic Hall of Fame player in your mind? Like like Reggie was alluding to? I, don't know. I was like... I don't know. If I guess what I'm saying is, if Rondo is a lock for the Hall of Fame, then our debate about whether Kyle Lowry was eventually going to get in <laughs> means he's in. And I'm just like, not so sure of either of them. Tass, is Rondo, in your opinion, you know, when he's done, is he in there right away? Two rings, four all-star four selections, all-stars. one all-NBA, a couple all-defensive teams. Is that enough in your mind? It's not enough in my mind. No, not um, a lock, right? Yeah, it's, you know, you got to factor in the, the player and everything alongside the... The accomplishments and so yeah it, it's it's definitely one of those if you just look at the accomplishments it lines up with other guys there's no doubt uh, so that's why he can be inserted into the debate okay. but uh for me i would say no i would say no um but yeah, yeah boosted obviously by what he did with the celtics uh so you know if really you're putting in rondo you're putting in four you got four celtics there uh, that are going in there based on that championship to some degree. I mean, Ray was going to get in, KG was going to get in. Okay, it's not based on that championship. Pierce is going to get in either. But Rondo's strictly, it's strictly because of what he did with those guys, essentially. You know, the second ring with the Lakers is, it's gravy. But the all-star appearances and the the championship, yeah, it's just, he was he was there. And he was great. He was very good for that team for, with guys that could hit. But everything that came along with it, guys uh, who you know really ha- couldn't stand him with the Dallas Mavericks. You know, he, he essentially left the team. He went to the Kings, and it's hard. It's it's hard for me to put him in after watching all that stuff. After watching him not be uh, a great teammate with a bunch of teams is is where I struggle because yeah, the accomplishments again they line up. We know Lee's opinion on this. I won't even ask him. <laughs> but uh, that's a poll. I want to know what people think uh, overall. Is is Rondo a lock for the Hall of Fame? I think it might be closer than I even think. Uh, we will see. All right. We got lots still to get here. Oh, my goodness. We're running real long here with our first show. But first, a quick break to hear from our sponsors. All right. Back with No Dunks here. Lee, lock it in. We're going 90 minutes here for our first uh, real official show of the 2021-22 NBA season because we got lots more still to talk about. We just did 50-plus minutes there on the games alone. And the <laughs> Two <rings>. games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all right. We'll start speeding up as we go on here. But, my goodness, Ben Simmons has received a one-game suspension for conduct detrimental to the team, and he will miss the season opener against the Pelicans tonight. According to reports, Ben Simmons was kicked out of practice on Tuesday due to a lack of engagement Sixers head coach Doc Rivers asked Simmons to join a defensive drill at practice, and the point guard refused. The actual quote going around is, 
No. Uh, so Doc said, get the hell out of here then. Dropped the ball and off he went. The 76ers have suspended Ben Simmons here, Lee. Um, I guess the question is, I know you're probably tired of talking about this, but where do we go now? And is trading Simmons the only possible option? I mean, it, can they salvage this? Can he actually come and play for this team? Or is like, is it just send him home, have him away from the team because he's causing this disruption and just try and trade him, get whatever you can? What do you think? Well, if he wants to get traded, I don't think he's handling this the right way at all because nobody's going to sympathize with petulant behavior. And to me, all he's doing is making his situation way tougher for himself because I think this is going to give other teams reason to sort of hesitate a little bit, saying like, okay, I understand he's pissed off at the franchise, but he's now just acting like a child. I think the best thing Ben Simmons should do right now is say, you know what, I'm going to go out there and Russell Westbrook my way out of Philadelphia. And by that... I mean, just go out there and stuff the stat sheet every single night, regardless of winning or losing. Because if they win, he can say, look how good I am. I'm putting up nearly triple-double figures, and we're not winning. And if they lose, he's still putting up those near triple-double numbers, and he can say, see, it's not my fault. I'm doing my part. No one else is contributing. So whether you want to blame him or the franchise, and there's enough for both there, him behaving like this and just saying, no, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing this, I just think it makes him look like a dick. And if you're another team and you're like going... This guy just really can't sort of get himself back on track here and say, I'm going to play my way out of Philadelphia so that teams really, really start falling over themselves to trade for him. I think that's the biggest problem. I've mentioned this before. I think teams are more like, um, we'll take him on the cheap, but we're not giving up like a significant player or, or a huge draft compensation to get hold of him right now because I just think he comes with a huge risk. And if he's going to keep uh, behaving like this, I think Doc Rivers is right to say, just okay, just go home then. I mean, you're only making your own situation worse here. So uh, it's a stupid, ugly, dumb whole thing. I thought when the suspension first came out, I thought it was more just like, this is for the whole summer of, you know, the way I thought. Just, you know, <laughs> a lifetime achievement that, that, Exactly. That's what I, I thought. Oh, maybe he's not he's not quite ready to go. They're saying, we're just going to suspend you. We're actually just doing this because we've got to show the other players that you can't behave like that. And then it all came out and he was just like, I'm not trying. I'm not playing. I'm not going to do defense. I'm not doing that. Well, if you're not going to do anything like that, and then Doc Rivers, I think, was 100% right to say, hey, fuck off then. Just go. Don't, don't even bother turning up. Yeah, because- but wasn't it foolish for the Sixers to think that he wouldn't be a distraction? By, by really so. sort of forcing him to come back. Listen, yeah. you're a professional, okay? You're a professional getting paid $150 million still they owe you. Like, mm-hmm. you, you can put these things behind. This is not the first time a franchise and a star player has fallen out and not been able to go on. Remember when Jimmy Butler, the, the report was, he came back and said, come here, third stringers, and I'm going to go and kick the ass of the first stringers. Right. Well, that in, in, in some way, I think, appealed to some teams, you know, like Philadelphia and like Miami, where they're like, we just want a baller. We want a guy who's going to go out there. Right and play his way out. Not a guy who's just going to be like, I'm not doing anything. He's but I still ex- Exactly. Yeah. I still yeah. expect a quality team to come in with a big offer and have me uh, plonk straight into their team starting straight away on a championship contender. And I'll say this one last time before I move on. You've got to look around that locker room and say, Joel Embiid, runner-up MVP last season. You're on a team with a roster that's basically been built to uh, cover up for your de- offensive deficiencies. You want to just walk away from that to go to a team where it's like, well, you're going to have to start all over again and maybe not even make the playoffs. Be careful what you wish for here, Benny, because you might just get it. And I really think... Oh, he dropped a Benny on him. I think he has got horrible, horrible advice around him. His inner circle, someone is giving him terrible advice. I think someone needs to go I think it's Adele. Say, 
I think you need to go and say, listen, you just, you're, you're, if you're Rich Paul right now as well, I'm saying, listen, Rich, Rich is going, I'm not getting paid either, by the way, and you're making things worse for everybody. Just get out there and show them that you are so good that this team can't win without you. Like Jimmy Butler said, you motherfuckers can't win without me. <laughs> well, say that. Instead, it's yeah. like, oh my God, this is a terrible situation. Yeah, but isn't it next level thinking to really, really stink it up so that the team that trades for you doesn't have to trade a lot? Ergo, you go to a better team. The worse he plays, the lower the package gets. Um, But, I mean, the 76ers absolutely have to trade him because Skeets, when I saw the the document today for what we're going to be talking about, I saw that Ben Simmons was suspended after he spat in practice, and I didn't blink at all. I was like, Oh, Ben Simmons spat oh. at Doc Rivers? No, that's not what no. happened. But it seems believable at this point, like any sort of drama um, between the Sixers and Ben Simmons, like I will believe it at this yeah. point. And I mean, this is not an ad, but kind of an ad. Shout out to the Athletic's social media department. Subscribe at theathletic.com slash no dunks. And subscribe to their Twitter feeds because they put up some hilarious graphics yesterday. Like this recreation of what actually went down (laughs) in practice, not spitting. Doc Rivers, Ben, get in and take the spot. No. All right, go home. Or this quote board that they made a little bit later, which I do believe is going to become a useful meme around (laughs) the NBA Twitter sphere. Just a straight up no from Ben Simmons. What's that other meme about the no, not today? I don't think so. You know that old guy? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like unsolved mysteries guy. Is that what it is? Yeah. Wait, do I know what you're talking about, Lee? No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, Tass, I don't know if you saw uh, Shams' article at The Athletic. He had some more details on what went down. Um, I guess Ben Simmons has been entering the facility and just ignores most of the 76 staffers and also this is a quote from Shams each day Simmons trains by himself on his own side of the basketball court shooting jumpers and free throws with rebounders so he gets a sweat just uh as if he's like just going one-on-one in the gym even though there's a team practice going on but anything to add to this Tass I mean what what is the move what's the move from the Sixers here now um because in Shams article they say he says they're not trading him for nothing so they're going to wait until teams start the season. Uh-oh, they disappoint. Uh-oh, there's a big injury to some team that want to make the playoffs or something. And then they're a little more desperate to maybe call the Sixers and make a move for Ben Simmons. And that they're just going to wait until a month or so in here, possibly. Maybe even the deadline, for all we know. So what do you do? Do you do you try and have him around the team? You continue to do this uh, charade, or, charade, excuse me, or do you just send him home? Well, the first thing you do is keep things internal. The fact that everything is getting out to Shams and to everyone else is... Horrendous, uh, because uh, one great line. This is this is funny, but it's, it's unfunny. But it's funny from Shams' article. It's not funny for the Sixers. Quote: On Sunday and Monday, he completed less than a handful of total defensive drills at practice. Nothing more, nothing less. Less than a handful? How dare he? <laughs> if he completed a full handful, he'd be cool. But less than a handful? I, I think why why it's hilarious that everything is coming out is that to me it reminds me of Anthony Davis in 2019. It, there was a lot of cringeworthy moments before he got traded from the Pelicans. Adam Silver had to step in and say, "This guy's got to play. You can't just sit him out because he doesn't want to play." So they were sitting him out. Again, commissioner comes in and then he played and he was playing 20 minutes a game. And if you thought he wasn't going after it last night, 
go back to that, that tape in 2019. It was a month of him half-assing it during games right. and sitting out a lot of them, actually. He'd play a few games, 20 minutes per, a superstar. They were just putting him out there because they had to. Then he'd sit a game, they'd put him out. So this was a month full of cringeworthy moments, but there wasn't all this practice reporting and all that happening. Now, if Ben Simmons had come there and half-assed it in practice and we weren't hearing about it, uh, then it would be far more palatable to us. We wouldn't be up in arms over this whole thing. It would just be waiting until Ben Simmons was traded. Uh, but uh, at this point, it's cringeworthy reading about it. And I think somebody's still going to give up a good package for him because he's 25. He's not Anthony Davis level type superstar, uh, but you know Anthony Davis and the package that he got uh, or the, the Lakers were able to, uh, or I'm sorry, the Pelicans were able to attain with, a monster package there of Ingram and Ball and Hart and, and Picks. Yeah, that's not what the Sixers are going to get. But at the same time, Simmons is 25. And I think they still will get a good package. And I think the advice is keep it in-house. Ben Simmons will play in the games. He'll play it at least as hard as Anthony Davis did. I don't think you could play less hard than Anthony Davis <laughs> did for a full freaking month. And the Lakers were still... Uh, Willing to give uh, up. Here's a the lot. problem with that, though, Tass. The Pelicans were not trying to win a championship and had, you know, no, uh, n- no one was picking them to go that far in a Western Conference. The, the, the Sixers, with Embiid playing at an MVP level, uh, with a good team around them, uh, and obviously, you know, a somewhat new coach in Doc Rivers there being in the second year, like they, they have plans to challenge for a championship. Mm-hmm. So it, it's that situation is different. It's like, who really cares when you were in New Orleans back there in 2019? But this is my, this is what I get to like. You got to send this home. You got to get this out of here. Like, this is ridiculous. This will have an impact on the rest of the team. How can it not? So if he's going to continue to do this and sulk and be a baby about it, then, you know, get a, then, then don't be the babysitter like Joel Embiid said and just say, go home, man. We don't want you here. We'll try and trade you. We'll keep taking calls. Everybody, like, also, what's Ben Simmons going to show us in these next couple of games where we're going to be like, oh, wow, oh, he's really gotten better. Like, he's, we know what type of player he is. We know his limitations, and that, and a team knows that. Every team knows that in the league. Um, and he's not helping his case here by being this little petulant little child with the whole thing. But I don't think mm. the Sixers are helping themselves either here with trying to, like, force him to be around when he doesn't want to be there. But I think that's He's under about, contract, you're right. Yeah. I mean, but, so they can say, well, you, you know. We but, want you, you know, the play. old saying, winning solves everything. You know, they want him out there because he can be a good player and affect their winning. And if they start winning, then all of a sudden, maybe the mood starts to improve, but also his value improves. And I think that's the big mm-hmm. difference here with Anthony Davis. He was frustrated that he wasn't being able to be surrounded by talent that could take the Pelicans far into the playoffs. Well, the Sixers should have made the Eastern Conference Finals last season. We were down there for Game 3. Simmons was awesome in that game. He didn't have a huge stat line, but it looked like the the, the Sixers were going to get past the old Hawks in there, the old douchebag sweep. But it didn't happen. So, you know, this is the big difference here. Anthony Davis, after, what, seven years in New Orleans, I think he made the playoffs once, and he was like, I just don't think this team is being built uh, to, to contend. Well, Simmons is on a contender. He's got the talent. He's been there. They've given him the contract. They've done everything they can to try to get him close. So, you know, and, and I understand again, you know, he got pissed off that he felt that Rivers and Embiid threw him under the bus. Okay, move on though. You didn't put, you didn't perform in the fourth quarters. You haven't done that at all in your career so far in terms of shooting the ball. You haven't shown that development and improvement. So some blame on them, but you've also got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I need to be better. And he said he was going to be. Let's see it out on the court. I guess this is where I disagree 
with AJ Santiago here in the stream team. They want Ben Simmons to play to remind teams of his value. My point is they don't need to. <laughs> I really don't think they need to. I think all Daryl Morey is hoping and waiting for is the start of the season when everybody's 0-0 and everybody has plans to make the playoffs and then shit goes wrong for teams. And suddenly they start to panic and say, uh-oh, okay, let's go get Ben Simmons. Let's shake things up. Let's get more start, uh, you know, talent in here and maybe make a run for it uh, and build for the future with a young guy that's under contract. That's the other part. That's the other difference from Anthony Davis, actually, the situation too, that he's locked up for so long. So I just don't think they need to do that. Uh, and if he's going to sulk like this, I think it's more of a detriment than than just not having him out there personally. And, well, it's a and just huge... wait for teams to start like garbage. Yeah, go ahead. That's the thing though. It's such a huge bet for the 76ers too that like not only do they have to hope that things go poorly for other teams. They have to go worse for other teams than they are for the Sixers right Right, now. And that's like, are you sure that that's going to happen? Like, we're seeing what's happening with Ben Simmons here. They're going to be asked about what's going on with Ben Simmons all the time until he's either traded or takes the court. And it definitely doesn't feel like he's going to take the court. But, Tass, I got bad news. It feels like we're never going to get away from leaks of the Ben Simmons situation Mm. because video of Doc asking Ben to go onto the court actually just came out, and we attempted it. (laughs) (laughs) People said, you got to work on your free throws. He's trying, guys. He's out here getting those shots up. He can't go in and play defense. He's already good at that. Uh, The Sixers are a faucet. (laughs) Everything coming out of the Sixers camp. All right, let's move on from Ben here. Uh, In other NBA drama, a high-powered agent who represents the Kings forward, Marvin Bagley, blasted the team on Twitter yesterday. Uh, All right, buckle up for this one. Didn't want to do a Twitter Twitter thread. Just wanted to do an image with all the words on it. Okay, it reads, uh, Sacramento has informed Marvin Bagley he is not in the opening night rotation which is completely baffling. This is Jeff Schwartz, uh, Begley's agent, and he said this in a statement. It's clear they have no plans for him in the future and yet passed on potential deals at last year's deadline and this summer based on value. Instead, they chose to bring him back but not play him, a move completely contradictory to their value argument. This is a case study in mismanagement by the Kings organization. Yikes. And, uh, you know, I, I th- yeah, just uh, I thought that was going up while I was reading it, but there it is. And I won't read it again for everybody on YouTube. I think JD was taking bots. a shit somewhere. I saw him. He was suddenly gone. Uh, but anyway, Marvin Bagley's agent blasting the Kings after uh, he's going to be left out of the, the rotation. Does Bagley's agent have a point here, Trey? What, what's, what's your take? Well, his agent does have a point. Marvin Bagley's tenure on the Sacramento Kings is going to be a long chapter in the long history of mismanagement by the Kings franchise. But honestly, it starts on draft night when they had an international hall of famer as their GM and an international once in a generation talent ready to be drafted right there. And I do think that this is part of it. Like the Luca and Trey success, it puts a weird light on guys like Deandre Ayton and Marvin Bagley like maybe it feels weird to these teams, the Kings and the Suns to want to give a max extension to a not max player. Like those guys are that they could have had. Nonetheless, this is very strange. Marvin Bagley has played 3000 minutes in his NBA career. That's like one season for the top players out there. So yeah, he should get more minutes. A lot of it was, he only played a few, uh, you know, a handful of games, his second season, didn't get a ton of minutes, but 
He's not doing things to earn more minutes. Right. He's not a defensive presence out there, and the Kings' defense is the league's worst, and his offense on the other end of the court isn't good enough to make you want to play him extra minutes there as your four or your five. So he's kind of caught in a weird spot. It's like if you're seven feet tall and a plus athlete, which Marvin Bagley is, you shouldn't shoot 50% if you're shooting every single shot inside eight feet. You should probably shoot 60%. You should have some sort of physical presence at the rim or out on the perimeter defending, but he's just kind of drifts through games. So yeah, maybe the Kings should give him more minutes, but also Marvin Bagley should earn more minutes. That being said, I love an angry agent email coming through like this. Uh, The last one I can remember was Matisse Theibel's agents uh, getting very mad that the assistant coaches left him off the rookie sophomore (laughs) game. This is similar to that, but you never want to hear that uh, number two draft pick is out of the rotation before the season even starts. What a Bad at start to the King season. Yeah. Tass, what, what do you think about Jeff Schwartz here and his, uh, the way he's handling this by just putting the Kings on full blast saying, you could have traded him, but you wanted value, and now you're not even going to play him in the rotation. What, what's going on? Make up your mind, I think, is what he's saying. Right. Uh, and I agree from a practical standpoint. How the heck is Marvin Bagley not playing in this rotation? Who is playing over him? I get that he is not a defensive presence. They were by far the 30th best defense in the league last year. I I deemed it a a problem for him and getting minutes, but at the same time, this is his contract year. He is going to play as best as he has ever played. And last year, he was decent enough to come off the bench. And I go back to the rotation. Who's taking his minutes, even as a bench player? I don't know. Uh, Their their bigs are Alex Len, Damian Jones, Rashawn Holmes starting, Chemezi Metu, Tristan Thompson is there, um, you know, he's way past his prime. And those are the bigs. Mo Harkless, mm-hmm. I guess, could be taking his minutes. That it's total, I get it from a practical standpoint. Jeff Schwartz is, is right. Mismanagement, I think Marvin Bagley should be playing and, and seeing if he can add something defensively to his game. Again, because this is, this is Bagley's career right here. Of course, he's going to play past this season, but this is a contract year for him. I don't think Jeff Schwartz expected him to be a max guy by any means. No. They, they didn't extend him. Um, but Jeff Schwartz expects some minutes. But is this is this the right way to go about it? I I don't think so. I, I mean, maybe he's been wronged timing, time again and again and again, I guess, by the Kings uh, front office. We've had Marvin Bagley the second. Marvin Bagley's dad speak out about Marvin <laughs> Bagley's minutes uh, before. But it's, it doesn't seem right to me it feels like even the matisse thibel incident that trey brought up uh that was a, a tweet and that wasn't a formal letter written by an agent uh it, I, it, it seems like bad form to me i mean that's just it's not my game i don't really understand it i don't really get it uh i can understand him being pissed but i would expect a one-to-one conversation with uh, Luke Walton or whoever to try and get him in the rotation or trying to understand it would be more important. But maybe he's past that point. I, I, I don't get. I don't know why he's not playing. Really, when it comes down to it, even if he's not a good defensive player, even if he he struggles on that end. Lee, anything to add here to the bagman situation? Actually, no. no. <laughs> it's just a, hold on, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. No, no. He's fourteen and seven last year. He's not. I know. Bad. I. I, I, mean, I still just... have I still have faith in Marvin Bagley to be a decent enough player in this league. Uh, he must have like Jeff Schwartz, his agent, was told from the Kings he's not playing. 
<laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you don't send this, uh, you know, pretty scathing uh, tweet here, or at least a photo of all the words that you want to say in your tweet uh, that you don't want to do a thread with, Lee. So he's been told, like, we're going small. We got the bigs that we like. Uh, I guess Holmes and Tristan Thompson and Mitty, like you said, it's like, it's a little weird. Uh, seems a strange way to go about maybe trying to build the value of a guy, like Trey said, that barely has ever played. Um, but you got nothing to add, Lily. You think he's just, what, eventually will be moved here? He must be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, he has to be. Uh, but the Kings, I remember, took the safe option. Don't try, don't uh, draft Luca just in case it doesn't work out. Take Bagley. He's a short bet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Rough. I, look, I think I definitely think a new situation, new coach, all those sort of cliche things get him into the right system, and I think he can be effective player because he can stretch the floor. He's a big guy, but uh, it's just not there in Sacramento. So the quicker he gets out of there, the better for him. Smooth move by Jeff Schwartz, though, to not demand a trade. Like he did stop short there. So <laughs> tell me you're demanding a trade. Yeah, without, without demanding telling a trade. Yeah. <laughs> like he may not get fired. I don't know. Will he still get fired for that? It's. I, I, I don't think, think so. He doesn't say he trade me. Yeah. He's just like, why aren't you playing me? And why didn't yeah. you trade me if you're not going to play me? Uh, <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, final little thing here. Uh, we still have tweet of the night, and we got Pickham and all that. The first 25 members of the NBA's 75th anniversary team have officially been revealed. I am not going to read all 25 names. If you're on YouTube, you're seeing them here in a very, very slick graphic from uh, the NBA and NBA.com. The day one reveal, 25 names there. I just have some thoughts on how they're going about rolling this out. I find it very weird. So we got 25 last night. There's going to be 25 more this afternoon on ESPN at 3 o'clock. I believe on uh, Malika Andrews' new show, if I'm a guessing man. And then 25 more on Thursday night before the doubleheader on TNT. But even last night, Tass, they're listing five names at a time (laughs) over the length of the 90-minute broadcast. It was so weird. It was like, here's a graphic with five names on it. There's absolutely no rhyme or reason to the names, like the order that we're getting these, from what I could tell. You know, it's not alphabetical. It's not, like, broken into different eras. <laughs> it's not by height. It's not by jersey numbers. It's, like, just, they just are, like, here you go. Here's five. Gonna hit you with a Hal Greer right off the top. Yeah, Hal Greer right to the face, right? Number one. He's the goat. Um, I just don't get how they're going about this. The only thing I can think of is that <laughs> TNT and ESPN were like fighting over who was going to get to announce these. And then they were well, like, well, we both got to get a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so they came up with this because the last thing we need on opening night of the NBA season is this. Now I get it's the 75th season. I get that ties in nicely. But like, to me, this screams Lee, like a 90 minute special where we can actually like show some love to some of these guys. That was the other thing. Their their photos there, you know, no video of any of these guys, no like accolades, like, you know, uh, X amount of all-star selections and all this. Like that's all on their website and that's fine and Danny, but like, come on, like we're trying to celebrate the game here to especially maybe a younger audience. And it was like, it was like a who cares. It was sort of, it's really weird to me how they went about this. I was a little disappointed if I'm being honest. I actually think they watch our show and thought, you know what's one of the best segments they do? Hey, what about this guy? I think that's the sort of approach they took. You know, because they didn't want to name, you know, this is the number one, this is number 10 or whatever. And so instead it was like, 
let's just name some guys. And they're all top 75. And it actually is like then people can't say, oh, you should have been higher, you should have been lower. It's just okay, like- that's fine. But like <laughs> maybe name them all at once. Or at least name the first 25 at once. <laughs> if you watch the broadcast, I swear to God, it was like, here's five guys. And then, you know, Chuck and Ernie and the gang are talking about something else. And then, hey, back from commercial break, here's another five guys. And like, then we went to the Bucks ceremony, which took like 30 minutes. I'm looking at Nora like, she's like, how many have they named? I'm like, I think there's 10 to go. <laughs> and it was like five minutes left in the broadcast. And I'm like, they just snuck them in there. I, don't, I just feels. It feels so lame to hmm. me. This the, the rollout, the decision to do this this way. In fact, I would almost prefer they just saved it to All-Star Weekend. See, aren't they going to have guys come out on All-Star Weekend? Yeah, like, I, I think so. But maybe try and kept it a surprise and do it that way. Like, this is, this is weird. And yeah. I know, I guess by the end of uh, Thursday night, maybe on Friday morning, we're debating like, oh, can you believe so-and-so was left off the list? And that's when the debates kick off. But yeah. I just thought it was, I think it's disrespectful in a weird way. <laughs> that yeah. they get no shine. They get no, like, to again, someone that doesn't know Hal Greer. Well, why don't you tell us about him a little bit? Like a, a tiny, tiny bit. Well, I don't know if this is accurate information, but I'll give you something about Hal Greer from the stream team. Perfect timing for Hal Greer. They just okay. unveiled his statue at Marshall <laughs> University. Well, I didn't nice know that. Nugget. Yeah. Thanks, Mint Prozac. Uh, well, I'll say a few things. I guess they believe All-Star Weekend is their celebration of the 75 names, so maybe they're just waiting until then. Okay. I hope but, so. Uh, so, yes, and maybe maybe you'll see you know, exactly what you said. Celebrating yeah. the game, celebrating these guys. We'll understand them a little bit more, but I, I am surprised that they're doing this this way that they're waiting three days are you listening jeremy levin are you listening uh why they're waiting three days to make this happen because they lean into not the rankings i agree that they shouldn't be ranking them but they lean into the debate the nba i think is okay with unveiling the 75 names and and having the debates happen you don't listen alphabetically as you said and then let the debates roll but over doing it over three days the, the debates are absolutely eliminated. They're gone. So it doesn't really make sense why you would, yeah, take the steam out of it, uh, as you're saying, Skeets. I agree. The, 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 you can, if the celebration is later on, I get it. But, yeah. um, you know, make it a 15-minute part of the show and, and make it happen. I, I, yeah. I, I agree with that part. Yeah, I mean, they want debate because if you go to NBA.com slash 75 where you can see the first 25 names, and again, you can click on each name and it takes you to their individual page and there's photos and there's their accolades and a write-up. That's great. It says right there on that page, Tass, agree, disagree, let's hear it. And then it's got like all the NBA like (laughs) social media channels. So of course they want us to eventually be debating player X making it over player Y. Um, it's just this strange, slow, just deflating rollout, in my opinion, Trey. I don't know if you agree or disagree. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird to do 25 at a time, and then you'll be like, I'm going to get angry in two days. Yeah. Basically, right? That's exactly what it is. Or I'm going to look at the name on the list of 25 and pick that out as the one I want to debate, despite the fact that I have no idea what Jerry Lucas was doing way back when. So, I don't know. I guess I guess it gives us three days to talk about it. That's probably the difference, right? That's what they want to do is talk about it yeah. for three days rather than 75 minutes on one day. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, I a, it's weird. It's, um, I don't know. 
I would have liked to see it at a halftime of the All-Star game, too. That would have been the most exciting way to do it, bring everybody out. But that's also probably not realistic to introduce 75 or 65, however many are still living players, at halftime of an All-Star game. So, I don't know. Once you've got that much history, there's a lot of history to it. So, it takes a little bit of time, I suppose. you got to take the rings off the Stanley Cup. You just, you can't have all the teams on there, you know? Uh, As for the actual first 25 names, you know, you said Jerry Lucas, uh, Dave Cowens is there as well. Some people are a little surprised maybe by them still being uh, in the mix, which I think means there are going to be a lot of current snubs, if you want to call them current snubs, you know, uh, more recent sort of uh, Hall of Famers, Lee. And that just goes back to our debate about how they decided to do this list too. Like it wasn't, we got the 50 greatest players of all time. Let's add 25 more. They told people that were actually voting on this, nope. Pretend that list doesn't exist and just go with the straight 75. But if you heard uh, Chuck and Ernie, who had votes and are part of this panel last night on the broadcast, they were like, that's weird to them. And we talked about it. Like, that is a little strange. Like, you got to, like, start removing guys. And I think there's just going to be so many that were on the original 50 that are going to be on a lot of people's 75 because I think people also feel bad when they went to making their list. So that means there's going to be a ton of snubs, I think. Yeah, I think you can only insult those players who no longer make the top 75. And, and I mm-hmm. think you just didn't need to do that because uh, you always want to remember the, the the players that came before you. And that's the thing. I don't think anyone who makes that next list would say, oh, yeah, I was way better than a guy I never saw before. You always want to show respect and say, oh, right. that guy was first and he earned his spot and now I've earned my spot. So, uh, yeah, that, that definitely was a weird thing to do. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see who the biggest guy, not the biggest snub, but who the biggest guy who just get, gets cut from that top 50 because right. uh, it's going to be it's, that's probably going to generate more talking points than you know uh, the guys who didn't make it from the current crop because they've you figure they've still got time to make it although I guess in 25 years they'll probably say oh, throw that 75 out yeah. we're going with a brand new top now. 100 yeah, yeah. can't yeah. wait for that I hope, there's, they, like a, they, I hope they, there's a clerical error and like they forget Michael Jordan <laughs> 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 that yeah. will cause some debate sorry what? yeah it's like going when going to the all-star voting ballot yeah. when you vote and you screw up and you vote for Seth Curry <laughs> yeah uh, Jordan Poole's gonna make it yeah. yeah Michael B. Jordan will be on there uh it's uh it's one of those things. I, I I know that they are putting it on the website, like, hey, let's debate this. But maybe they are trying to limit the 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 hate at you know Jerry Lucas and and, and Hal Greer and the guy and Bob Pettit and and those guys who who deservedly were on the top fifty and and uh, even Dave Cowens, as you said, there Skeets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe maybe that's how they're kind of diffusing it here because yeah, the, it's gonna die out the the hate and the vitriol and the even just the debate period over three days is just gonna die out it's gonna fizzle out and so maybe they just don't want it that way but then why not just add 25 entirely new guys yeah Uh, and you did a great job if people haven't watched go back skeets dropped his top 75 in the off season not not long ago a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. uh and you should go check out that show uh because i do think you you know you dropped a couple of these legends uh to well, to make your new no, 75. No, 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 I didn't. I was uh, I was just adding 25 new locks. Oh, right, right, right. I do my, think, my mistake. I, I thought some of these guys that are on the top 50 uh, will ultimately not be on the top 75. I do agree with that. I think there will be a few omissions, uh, as well as guys that didn't make the top 50, like Dominique Wilkins. I think for sure he's going to be included over the next couple of days. But yeah, my whole thing was like 25, like 
quote unquote current players that are going to be yeah, new yeah, right. locks that weren't on the top 50 but go check that out if you what want you, uh, new uh, guys uh, who made it i think uh i think this is right only five on the first list Giannis, kevin durant james harden steve nash and dirk Nowitzki. right right so i, I mean that's, that's right. five yeah <laughs> if you math it out that's going to be 15 you know new players right for a lack of a better word so is that what they're going to do you think it's going to be this low i mean 15 sort of modern players then maybe another 10 dominique wilkins bob mcadoo sorts who should have maybe made the list the first time mm. we'll see can't wait to find out the next 25 today at 3 p.m eastern <laughs> on espn i love uh, how they, they kept some black and white photos though they didn't try and modernize <laughs> i, don't, uh, I just some don't of think they guys. had colored photos for some uh, of these guys you know george mike has been around you can is that lee ellis or george mike <laughs> hey, we saw some uh color 3d foot or uh HD footage of uh, Will Chamberlain the other day going around. Oh, they did show some footage of George Mikan last night. Now we're showing uh, Lee doing his best George Mikan impersonation. (laughs) I think that's what he's doing, at least. Uh, This this looks like uh, uh, the loading screen for the worst video game of all time. Uh, Okay, awesome stuff. We'll, uh, you know, let, let me know if you agree or disagree with my thoughts on how they're doing this maybe you were a fan of it uh five at a time so you could sort of like take it in and uh you know digest it a little bit better than a uh, 75 names coming at you <laughs> I, mean, I just think it's weird i, I thought it was very strange because i I'm, I'm i get that i'm way in i'm into this way more than probably most people is the other part they're probably looking yeah. at it the producer's like nobody cares <laughs> it's like eight people out there that care and four yeah. of them are on the same show so uh. <laughs> yeah well you got Nora you roped Nora into it how many have they revealed well, I was she trying to like that, I but... thought it was gonna be I have to admit I thought it was gonna be a little bit more of a like hey this is pretty cool 75th anniversary here are at least the first 25 names and uh, I thought they were gonna be in alphabetical and all that so maybe it was just naive of me to think I just thought it was gonna be more of like an event task and I was yeah. like I'll tell Nora like this could be pretty cool and it was not cool. Well, that's why like, that's why I think they are saving it for a, 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 a cool evening in Cleveland in February. We'll be seeing I it. wish they just saved it then at that point. But, right, right. Well, yeah. maybe you'll be there. Maybe, oh, God, maybe, it would be maybe you can read the What, I'll be up. in the top 75? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, all right. We got still Tweet of the Night. We got Pick'em Results and our new picks for tonight. But first, a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, 
Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. A um, few things. CLB, Certified Lover Boy, is that where you're going? Yeah. Okay. Um, Dave also wanted to yeah. know. <laughs> I just to check. Sure. Uh, Dave and the stream team, Halloween mm. party, time for Lee to break out the vegetable <laughs> medley <laughs> slash melody for the guests. <laughs> oh, yeah. Candy, yeah. get out of yeah. here. Vegetables. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice callback, Dave. Fantastic. Okay, we are running uh, real long here. It's okay. We're having a blast. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Lee, my man, what do you got yeah, for um, Tweet of the Night? Yeah, so I thought it was probably going to be a fair a fair bit to choose from last night, but this one actually came in fairly early, and it was from Dane Moore NBA, who covers the Wolves for uh, Blue Wire Pods there. <laughs> yep. And he just tweeted out something pretty simple. Carl Anthony Towns said his pregame ritual to pump him up this season is watching two gorillas <laughs> fighting to the death. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, um, now, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a weird tweet. There's a little bit more context from our own John Kay here as well, who says, like, you know, towns are sort of talking about how when, you know, gorillas go into the jungle... You know, they've got to fight it out. One of us has got to leave. And so I think that's more what Carl Anthony Towns is saying. He knows he's going up against, like, you know, big, strong guys. And uh, he wants to sort of take that mentality in there. So, so uh, no one's dying on the court. No, 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 no. I don't think so. I don't think so. But, uh, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff for our first tweet of the night. Do you have a, a pregame, a pre-show ritual, Lee? Are you firing up Mrs. Doubtfire before we jump on here? or? <laughs> What are you doing? Just nah. wearing your Indochino shirts around the nah, house? Nah. Actually, you know what I have been doing a little bit this week? Here's a little, this is what they call them the biz a tease. Yeah. I've been doing a little bit of reading. Oh, oh yeah. What you got there for everybody listening? <laughs> I've got a book uh, by Scotty Pippen. Now, look, this book is the Advanced Reader's Edition, not for sale or quotation. So I'm not going to spoil it, but I will say... Ooh, it's a spicy one. It's a spicy one. And uh, I might have some more news about this book uh, in a week or so. So stay okay. tuned, guys. Stay, stay tuned. Okay, yes. Lee. No, no, no. Lee, you're an animal lover. Yes. Who likes to watch a video of an animal. I do. Do you watch animal fight videos? Uh, yes, um, because I like to see, uh, like, 
things that are, are unusual. Like, for example, crocodiles <laughs> don't have any predators. But if the crocodile's in the wrong place at the wrong time, um, you know, he, he, he faces some opponent. Like, hippos aren't afraid of crocodiles. Nope. Crocodiles try to attack those hippos' babies. And, uh, oh, man, there's a couple of videos out there of a croc just getting destroyed there's also some videos going around of like a, a a caiman which is a smaller crocodile chris and a jaguar jumps into the water steve Irwin style yeah lands on the caiman with yep. his teeth in his neck to kill him and then has to pull him up this like muddy slippery uh slope there to get him out there to feed to his kids now um funny thing is i'm just not sure uh, like a you know reptilian like that a crocodilian i should say would be all that good eating i think they'd be pretty tough you know? You've never like eaten a crocodile? Wanna... Yeah, no, I have eaten crocodile, yeah, but I haven't caught it myself and then had to, like, uh, you know... <laughs> Tenderize uh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, just thinking, if you're the baby jaguars, you're like, ah, on, the teeth aren't still really formed yet. Can't you just bring us back a zebra or something like that? A little bit easier eating. But um, anyway... You don't like that tough hide? Nah. You don't think nah. a zebra you don't eat is... That. You don't eat the outside of a banana. You don't eat a banana No, I don't eat that, no. no. I know you're supposed to. They're supposed to be full of vitamins. I'm not but, sure uh, you're supposed to. Well, I, I, they say that's the healthier part. But, uh, supposed to. So, yeah. can we, starting tomorrow, um, have you, over the next three days, list your top 25 most dangerous animals? No order. Ooh, most Just dangerous. share five at a time. We'll get to 75 uh, by, I guess, early next week. <laughs> All right. That, that was a great tweet. Uh, that uh, had a lot of people laughing and, and, and sharing videos of uh, animals fighting, which I guess, yeah, for some, can, can pump you up. And uh, Carl Anthony Towns is going to – he's going to try it uh, <laughs> this season. And we're, all, uh, we're all rooting for him. I hope it works. Um, Trey, speaking of tweets, uh, you had something for us about something we got into on yesterday's show that, uh, that the people were commenting on. I did, I did, Skeets. But then we went an hour and forty minutes talking about two basketball no, games, just, and I was like, uh, "Should this just be a big tease?" nonetheless, we got a great tweet from John Horn after uh, yesterday's beach stepping episode, where we got talking about whether you would like to see the Knicks play in Madison Square Garden or the Nets play in Barclays Center, and right. how that relates. To musical acts playing at different venues. Right. John tweeted in to us. He said, The No Dunks team overcomplicating Knicks MSG versus Nets Barclays was wild. So many metaphors within metaphors. Tom Petty called Madison Square Garden probably the greatest house of rock and roll around. Why add other venues to the comparison? He continued, Tom Petty at MSG, better. Outcast at MSG, better. A live No Dunks podcast at MSG, sold out, guaranteed, is better. So I guess that's your answer. I think it was Danny who emailed in asking which he should do. I yeah. think uh, this is a Valentine's Day game. It was what? Knicks versus Thunder? That's right. That's right. That's John's recommendation is to go there. Okay. But I did respond to John on Twitter. And I, I get what he's saying. Look, no one loves Madison Square Garden more than I do. Uh, I've talked about it for years on the show. But <laughs> I said this. And I think this was the, uh, the metaphor or the comparison I should have went with. Would you rather go see the Woj Pod, a live Woj Pod at Madison Square Garden, or come see a live No Dunks Pod at the Barclays Center? Mm. One is the superior venue, but no offense to Woj, you're not No Dunks Live, baby. Nothing beats that. So that's the better comparison. That's what I was trying to get at with the. Uh, I think that's a perfect Danny's comparison. Dorm. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, well, John said his answer was to see Woj at MSG. So uh, yeah, I mean, that's the wrong answer, but fair. Come enough. on, Barclays is designed for audio output. It's all <laughs> about true. the. It's not that's about true. sight lines. It's about sound lines there. But it doesn't stop with John's tweet because. Uh, I mentioned on yesterday's show that I was having a laugh thinking about a tribe called Quest performing at Red Rocks, which Skeets, I think, was your analogy for the Knicks playing at Madison Square Garden. Well, my buddy and college roommate who lives in Denver, Big Smooth, texted me immediately after the show to say, FYI, I've seen Tribe and Outcast at Red Rocks. Wow. I said, how was it? He said, fucking awesome. (laughs) Tribe was his wife's first show at Red Rocks. So, yeah. I guess that's a good place to say it. And then I kept looking at the internet and various things on Instagram, only to discover that Dead & Company is playing a two-night stand at Red Rocks last night and tonight. Let's go. Flying out. Yep. Uh, Trust me, I was uh, messaging with Larry (laughs) not too long ago. If it hadn't been on the night of the NBA season starting and then the second night of the NBA season... That would be a great place. And yeah, honestly, a band that's a little bit past their prime playing at a prime location, that might be your perfect analogy yeah, right there, Skates. Yeah, okay. I knew we would get there. It just took us two shows and <laughs> uh, an hour 40 of this one. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, love it. I love. We love that engagement, guys. So tweet at us at NoDunkSync. Okay, before we go, Tass, pick them results. You were the only one to take the Nets last night. Unfortunately, got that wrong because the Bucks sort of smacked him around. So that's a win for uh, Trey, Lee, and myself. You're down one early. But what's our game tonight here? Well, another one that's a very close line. Oh, almost a toss-up. The Celtics going to visit the New York Knicks. The Knicks are favored by one and a half. We made our picks before the show. Three of us, Skeets, myself, and Trey, are going with the Boston Celtics. Mm. Lee, who wasn't too high on the New York Knicks in our previews, he's taking the New York Knicks at home. He's going to see the Knicks tonight. Why'd you take the Knicks, Lee? Ah, well, Tibbs uh, talked about their preseason and just said how every single thing is important. And they were playing pretty well in that preseason. So uh, maybe there's some momentum there. Maybe there's some preseason bump. Uh, Kemba back in New York as well, making his debut for the Knicks. Uh, Don't think they've got any significant injury concerns going into tonight. So uh, I think that crowd's going to be pretty packed, pretty hyped up. I can see the uh, Knicks getting the W tonight. Hopefully it's by at least two points. I find these uh, first couple of pickums every year are difficult because what happens, at least with me, is like I'm convinced the Celtics are going to be a, a pretty good team this year. I think they're being slept on a little bit, and so then this being the first pickum game, I'm like, well, if I think the Celtics are going to surprise people and be like a top five pick, that means I have to have them winning games like this. Right. You know what I mean? But it's like that's not necessarily true. They could lose to the Knicks and still have a really good record. But yeah, and was, the home court cool. juice is real. What Lee's saying about the Knicks, just your first game at home. The Raptors started 3-0 once upon a time with Lauren Woods and Chris Bosh lining up, and they were just a bad team. But you get some juice going from the preseason, it happens. I think Kemba would like to maybe send a little message to the Celtics tonight as well, if he could. That's why I kind of picked the Celtics. Evan Fournier as well, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Revenge backcourt from the Knicks versus the Celtics. Uh, 11 games on tonight. My goodness. Everybody get your league pass ready. Uh, Raptors are one of those uh, teams playing tonight at home back in Canada hosting the Wizards, but uh, we'll be back here tomorrow to try and break down as many games as possible. There is a new episode of Survivor tonight, too. Yeah, we're definitely not going to Red Rocks, Trey. There's just too many games on and a Survivor episode. My goodness. So if you are a fan of Survivor, join us live over at No Buffs, our separate YouTube feed, our separate podcast feed, No Buffs, Survivor 41 podcast recaps with Jason Concepcion. Uh, We go live around Thursday 
5.30 p.m. Eastern. So that's tomorrow around 5.30. If you want to hear us talk about Survivor, promise you there'll be no spoilers on the actual No Dunk show. We'll talk about it on No Buffs. Email in your questions and comments. We actually hit the beach yesterday, if you didn't listen to that one. No Dunks at theathletic.com. Follow us across all social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at No Dunks Inc. Subscribe to No Dunks here on YouTube. Thanks to everybody that uh, took a second to hit that little like button too. Thumbs up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And finally, go grab yourself an athletic subscription at theathletic.com slash no dunks. You can sign up right now for less than $3 a month, which is an, just a stupid good promotion. So if you don't have an athletic subscription... Go get yourself one of those. My God, that was a long one. They're not generally this long, but holy, it's great to have basketball back and talking about all the drama on and off the court in the NBA. Enjoy the games tonight. We'll see you tomorrow here live at 10 a.m. Eastern on YouTube. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, if Joe can talk for three hours an episode, then we can easily do two. (laughs) Embrace the day, people. Mm